The US chip stocks were under pressure yesterday, while banks gained in the after-hours trading on news that they passed the Federal Reserve's stress test. So that's obviously good news for the banks and their investors, but that also means that the Federal Reserve has one less reason to think about posing its interest rate hikes in the coming meetings. So welcome, this is Swissco's Daily Market Talk. So the US and European stocks were up at yesterday's trading session. The US chip makers, however, dampened appetite across the Atlantic Ocean on news that Joe Biden's administration will bring some more restriction to the US chip makers' exports towards China. But happily, Nasdaq still eked out some gains at yesterday's trading session. Now, it is said that the US could also restrict its leasing of cloud services to Chinese AI firms, obviously, in order to slow down the Chinese innovation in AI and unfortunately for Nvidia it's A800 chips which were actually launched as a response to last year's export ban toward China could also be included in the new set of restrictions uh, from Biden administration. So Nvidia stock fell at yesterday's trading session but not as bad as pre-market trading suggested it would. The stock was down around 3% pre-market yet closed yesterday's trading session just around 1.80% down because taking a closer look to Nvidia's revenue per region, we clearly see that revenue slowed in China amid the chip export ban to China last year, but that was compensated with a doubling revenue for the US business, meaning that even though the Chinese growth potential is obviously huge and it's going to be weakened for NVIDIA, there is still business elsewhere for the company, including the US and for other chip makers. Well, AMD was almost flat yesterday and Micron Technology was up following an upbeat forecast for the current period amid the easing chip glut they set. Now, zooming out, well, the major central bankers' speeches were the same background music yesterday. The Federal Reserve's Jerome Powell, the Bank of England's Bailey and the European Central Bank's Lagarde all agreed that their fight against inflation wasn't done just yet and that more interest rate hikes are on the pipeline in all of these countries. Nothing we didn't know so far. What was interesting, however, was that the Bank of Japan's Ueda didn't necessarily think that the Federal Reserve, the Bank of England, or the European Central Bank over-tightened their policies over the past year, while he, on his end, didn't move an inch to fight back inflation in Japan. And what's even funnier is that Jerome Powell, Bailey, and Lagarde, they all acknowledge that their policy actions, their rate hikes come with a lagging effect, so they don't have an immediate effect, even though none of them, even Mr. Bailey didn't seem much concerned that we should have a wild equity moment at the end of the slowdown. There could be chaos, unexpected chaos. But the BOJ's Ueda actually joked, saying that because Japan, the Bank of Japan, hasn't started hiking the interest rates yet, while the lag effect in Japan could be at least 25 years. Ha 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 ha. I don't know if it makes you laugh or cry, but it's made the central bankers and the yen shorts laugh 
hard yesterday. The dollar yen is now at the highest levels that we saw since November last year. So that's just a touch below the 145 psychological mark. And obviously the pair is on its way toward higher waters. But as I said in earlier episodes of Market Talk, a rapid and an extended period of Japanese yen depreciation remains a major concern for the Japanese officials, obviously, because that's not good for the Japanese economy. And that could end up with direct effects intervention to halt bloating in the Japanese yen. So that's one risk and the major risk that I see for the short yen positions right now, as the yield differential still plays clearly in favor of further yen selling against the US dollar. Elsewhere, while well, sentiment in euro was clearly weaker at yesterday's trading session on the back of a set of data from the eurozone countries. The Italian PPI, for example, fell much slower than expected in May, but the consumer price inflation in Italy is more than expected by analysts. Then the European Central Bank's money supply slowed and loans to the private sector in the eurozone grew slower than expected by analysts. So that's obviously a sign of tighter credit conditions in the eurozone due to higher interest rates from the European Central Bank. Germany will reveal its own inflation figures throughout today and we could see an uptick in the German final inflation according to a consensus of analyst expectations on Bloomberg. Now I'm not going to lie to you, it would be bad news for the European Central Bank. So a high inflation in Germany is not good news for the ECB because so many rate hikes and so many more promised by the European Central Bank and inflation is still hanging around. Now, many, many analysts and many people out there highlight that the Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank and the Bank of England's balance sheets actually remain the elephant in the room. And they could be actually the reason why these economies don't react efficiently or fast enough to interest rate hikes from these central banks and inflation doesn't slow at the desired speed. And indeed, the Federal Reserve, the ECB and the BOJ's combined balance sheet size has been shrinking since last year due to the QT, but total assets remain indisputably high and are almost 50% higher than the pre-pandemic levels. So you bet the higher interest rates don't do much harm to the economies, except for those who obviously have to renew their mortgages. So I think that it's interesting that the skewer of very, very smart people well, talk about the interest rate hikes, but they barely talk about what to do with their massive, massive elephants sitting on their balance sheets. Yet as long as this liquidity stays in the market and on their balance sheets, it will slow any risk sell off. And that would slow the fight against inflation because money has to go somewhere. It won't just disappear on its own and, you know, that's going to keep the inflation bell in these locations less effective than what it would be otherwise, I think. That's the basic problem. But for the European Central Bank, however, the fact that the cheap loans to so Altros and Teltros are drying out right now could actually achieve some faster results in terms of recession and inflation. But it could also trigger a divergence between the European core and the periphery countries, widen the spread between Germany and the periphery countries and the latter. So the widening spread between core and periphery in the Eurozone could slow down the Euro's appreciation. I still keep by medium term target at 112 for the euro dollar but i think that this level could now be a peak in the euro's appreciation moving forward as a result of the european central bank hawkishness as troubles could kick in 
anytime in the foreseeable future and slow appetite as yields move higher and the cheap loans dry out. But besides the European Central Bank's cheap loans as drying out, the fact that the balance sheet reduction in the Eurozone and in the US isn't happening at a shocking speed is obviously one positive news for risk investors and for equity traders. Plus, the Federal Reserve's stress test for banks gave good results yesterday, so that's obviously giving a green light to the Federal Reserve for more interest rate hikes in the coming months as the banks are reportedly capable of taking more trouble on their shoulders moving forward and that means they could withstand a severe global recession and some chaos in the real estate market. So the US banks actually gained in the after hours trading after the Fed's bank test results with Bank of America and Wells Fargo uh, leading gains in the sector but the new regulations in the banking sector regarding capital requirements will likely hold back some investors from foolhardily going back to the bank stocks hoping for higher dividends and some uh, share buybacks. But if anything, well, today the US is expected to revise its first quarter GDP slightly higher which could play down the worries of recession, even though the bond traders, the sovereign bond traders, think that recession will still come because look at the 2- and 10-year yield gap. But as Biden said, it's been coming for 11 months. Well, guess what? I don't think it is going to come. Finally, in the energy space, well, crude oil jumped off a few cents below the $67 per barrel level, and that was on the back of an almost 10 million barrel decline in the US crude inventories last week. So obviously that's a big decline and that could obviously come in some oil bulls to come back to the market and we now have a triple bottom formation on the US crude's daily chart at around the $67 per barrel level, just a little bit below that and that could throw a floor under any short-term sell-off in crude oil that we might see in the coming days. But the $70 per barrel psychological resistance remains strong and more offers are waiting into the 50-day moving average which stands a touch below the $72 per barrel level. So the chances are that we will see some back and forth between $67 and $72 range in the US crude until one side so this is all for today. I'm Ipekos Kardeshke and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your supportive and interesting messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again tomorrow and until then good day trading